from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving and storage studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Annie in Spokane, Washington starts this hour. Hi, Annie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Sure, what's up? Yeah, so my husband and I have a slight disagreement, and it's, the question is, should we pay our mortgage off and empty our savings account um, or keep a loan for about 150000 and then do a few home improvements, and that would be a new foundation, windows, and HVAC system? Okay, so how much is in savings? Uh, right now, we have 608000 in savings. Okay. And the balance on your mortgage is what? 600000 Okay. You said 608000 Co- Correct. It would leave us about a month and a half to two months worth of emergency fund if we pay off our mortgage. You have an emergency fund in addition to the six hundred and eight. No. Oh, uh-uh. The 8000 no, 8, is a month and a half. I got you. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And your household income is what? At two hundred and three, approximately about two hundred and three thousand, um, and then also we do have we're just signing a ten-year lease for um, some farm ground, and that will bring in um, thirty thousand a year for ten years. Okay, so you have a t- quarter million dollar income, and um, mm-hmm. all right, we do not tell people to pay off debt and leave less than three months of expenses. Okay. So let's fast forward from today a couple of months, and now you've got 630000 okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, that day, I would pay off my mortgage. Okay. And then I'm going to use this fabulous income and the extra $6,000 a month to build up some little uh, buckets of money to do these renovations that we want to do. <laughs> okay. Yep. My husband, uh, he said, that's what you would say, but <laughs> well, I'm fairly predictable. I've said it over and over and over. I say <laughs> yeah, the same thing all yeah, the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, yeah, you, you know, yeah. so here's the thing. Uh, the other thing you can do, it'll help you with this Annie to process it. It helps me when you actually put numbers to it and then you put, uh, how many months it's going to take me to do this. So I, I'm going to go ahead and get like a bid on the heat and air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a bid on the foundation. I'm going to get a bid on what was the other thing? Windows. Windows. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm going to say, okay, the first one of these we're going to do is I'll make it up windows. Okay. And the bid is $30,000. Okay. Without a house payment and a quarter of a million dollar income, then how quick do I have $30,000 in addition to my emergency fund? Oh, just a couple mm-hmm. months. I mean, Got it. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then how quick do I have, you know, the, I'll make it up $20,000 for the heat and air. If that's the second one, I don't care which one's first I'm making this up. Okay. But my yeah. point is prioritize and put actual dollars to it and then back into how many months. And what you're going to discover is probably by this time next year, you've got a fully renovated paid for house. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So we're really not discussing, oh, we're never going to get around to this. No, lay it out. Yeah. Game plan it. <laughs> Develop a detailed strategy 
And then that, if I'm in your shoes, because you're the one not wanting to pay it off, you're the one wanting to do the renovations first. And that's okay. But if I'm you, then having that game plan going, oh, it's going to be here in a minute anyway. I can deal with that. Yeah. It yeah. helps me to release it. Help, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. talking about a month or two before you guys have, you know, 625 in that account, and now we can clear the mortgage payment, which frees up the mortgage payment on top of still having an emergency fund there. So it's not enough yeah. time to even argue about. Yeah, it's, it, you're going to be there. And, 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 you know, I would, you guys make a lot of money, and I would do the renovations, assuming you're not overbuilding the neighborhood with all that. But I, I'm guessing that you're probably going to spend well less than $100,000 on those three items and it sounds like the house is probably north of a million in value. And so it's not a big deal. And you make plenty of money to do all this. So really good job. Very, very good job. These are the good things to argue about. These are good arguments. Okay. It's like, oh, we have $600,000 in savings. Do we pay off the house? What an argument most yeah, people would like to have. Listeners right? are shaking their fists right now going, really? This is this is what we're calling in about. Six hundred grand in the bank. <laughs> amazing job <laughs> truly first world problems but yeah yeah i mean it, it but the point is you guys are neither one of you are really wrong it's just a matter of laying out a strategy to do this and george i did this many years ago we were uh just coming out of being broke we we're starting to get a little money finally we weren't nearly to the point that annie is at this at this stage but we had a little bit of money coming in and sharon had this uh we had little kids and we had this god-awful two-tone blue Astro van. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Nasty-looking little vehicle. And it was nasty inside because it had, had three dogs and three kids in it. And seen some things. You talk about stuff. I mean, nuclear waste was in the floorboard. So, and this thing was bad. And Sharon's like, gets this idea. Now we're starting to get a little margin. She's like, I need a Suburban. I need a new car. And I'm like, yeah, well. I mean, you know, Santa Claus needs reindeer too, but we're, you know, we're not, no, we're not, yeah, I'm doing stuff down at the office. I got, I got an investment I need to make down here to get some more money coming in by doing this thing. And, uh, you know, we got 20,000 bucks and we can either buy her a suburban or we can go use that 20,000 down here at the office and make some more money. And, um, you know, and we went at it as if. If she got the Suburban, I would never do the investment. Or if I did the investment, she would never get the Suburban. And what we learned was what we just taught Annie, which is, oh, shut up. Both are going to happen. Both are going to happen fairly quickly. Just decide which one's first. And Flip a coin. Being the wise husband that I am, she got the Suburban first. And then I did the investment second. But it, it really, I mean, we about, we had a big old fight about it. Mm-hmm because we it was all or nothing and it's not all or nothing usually it's just it's not no it's not now no's not really what we're saying we're saying not now we're not really saying no we're not going to do the heat and air and the windows and the foundation it's not now that's the thing and uh it's kind of like how children are when they go well if it's not going to happen now i'm going to throw a giant fit because it's never going to happen yeah and that's not what it's just which one's first do we pay off the house or do we do the renovations? It's not an either or. We're going to do both. Let's just decide the order and which one makes the most sense mathematically and emotionally and relationally and all that, right? So 
There you go. I tried to Google a photo, just this picture Dave and Sharon Ramsey driving no, around. No, that's not it. two tone. That's, that's not. That's. Uh, it's, Are we getting that closer? That one's nicer. We're getting closer. That one's nicer. There no, it is. that's that's the. Uh, you still didn't get it. That's going to be that, a new that's segment. That's a full size van there, but yeah. George, George. That's going to be your next car. That's closer, but it, it was a lot uglier than that. That one's a pretty good looking van. Hey, drive like no one else. And later, you can drive anything you want. There you go, babe. Wow. There you go. Hmm. This is the Ramsey Show. With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money, especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for being with us. 888-825-5225. Our Building Wealth Live Tour continues February the 16th. That sounds suspiciously like, what, next week? We'll be in Indianapolis with uh, Rachel Cruz, George Camel, Jade Warshaw. And then we're heading over to Austin, Texas the next week with Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, and Jade Warshaw. This is me on all of these. April 24th, I'll be heading to Salt Lake City with Rachel Cruz, George Camel, and Christina Ellis. Final stop is Anaheim, May 2nd. Ken Coleman, Dr. John Deloney, me, and Christina Ellis. Tickets start at $49. You can get a four-pack starting at $175. We'll be signing pictures, answering questions, doing panel discussions, talking about building wealth in 2023 it sounds weird out there right now but you can actually win at money and you can build wealth in the middle of this craziness that we call the united states today it can still be done our question of the day comes from teresa in georgia george take it teresa's asking can you all explain how you think about home improvement loans to increase the size of your house versus buying a bigger home that is more expensive Logically, I do not understand how it's different to increase your mortgage versus taking on a home loan so you do not have to move. I think your advice would be to increase mortgage and move versus taking on a home equity loan, but I don't understand how it's different, both mathematically and logically. I have no debt but my house, and I have a fully funded emergency fund. Interesting. So she's saying, hey, I have a home. Why not just take the HELOC and do home improvements? versus moving and buying a bigger home. 
Well, number one, home improvements usually can be cash flowed. Uh, and so she's right in that regard. Now, if you're going to do a $200,000 improvement, you're going to add a wing to this thing. Okay. Uh, that's something most people can't cash flow. In that case, you might take out a loan and then refinance and have a permanent mortgage in place when you're done. Uh, however, what normally happens in a situation like that is you're making another mistake, which is you're overbuilding the neighborhood. And if you become the most expensive house on the neighborhood with a weird $200,000 wing, you're not going to get your money back out of it. The home value didn't increase by two hundred grand, is what you're saying. Because the neighborhood is limiting it. So let's say you're in a um, neighborhood that run, runs three to $400,000, and your home is currently worth 300000 and you put an improvement on it of 200000 You now have to get 500000 in a neighborhood that people don't look for $500,000 homes. They're looking for three or $400,000 homes in that neighborhood. They don't, if they got 500000 they don't come to your neighborhood. Uh, and so, plus your house at that point, unless you're an incredible remodeler, an incredible architect, you generally are building a weird structure. I mean, when you start doing stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we need a, our family is growing and we need another, you know, we need some more rooms. You very often run into the situation where you're overbuilding the neighborhood, but that's a different problem than logically i don't understand the difference so if you were doing a something that's just out of range of cash flow and you're not overbuilding the neighborhood uh you know you're you're still going to be the uh not the most expensive home in the area and you're not building a weird structure you're not messing up in another way uh and, and you were to refinance a home equity loan uh after you did this into uh, a permanent mortgage and one mortgage then there is no difference and I'm, we're not against that but i gotta tell you the number of times that happens that you don't end up violating one of these other things is so small usually a bad decision is made somewhere here in the process yeah and and the, you know basically you know i emotionally don't want to move i don't want to leave this area but i want a house that's bigger than this area supports and has more uh, attributes than this area supports value-wise and, and so you know what we're usually doing is kicking you out for your own good and putting you into a neighborhood that fits your new needs and you know but mathematically logically yeah it, it sometimes could work and we're not against you doing that but um but you know let's say you're doing a twenty thousand dollar rehab and you make a hundred thousand well just shut up and budget it i mean save up the money and do it that's not that's within that's within cash flow reach yeah, it's not worth going And backwards. you wouldn't move up $20,000 in house either. So that's not part of her. It's not one of her examples. It wouldn't fit with her example. So mm. good question. Home improvements. Too Fair, much HGTV. But I mean, it's a good clarification that she brings. I like it. Tim mm -hmm. is in Pittsburgh. Hey, Tim, what's up? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. My question is, at, uh, at the age of 69, does it make sense to backdoor... A Roth IRA. If you're going to leave the money alone, if you're going to backdoor it and turn around and take it out the front door, no. Okay, yeah, this is this is money that I'll probably never need. Exactly, you're going to leave it as an inheritance, and if you leave, Correct. if you yeah. if you live, you know, ten twenty years, seventy nine eighty nine, which you're very likely to do unless you're unhealthy right now, 
uh, statistically you are anyway, uh, then okay, then now, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna be really glad. Plus, the Roth IRA now does not require RMD does not require uh, required minimum distributions at seventy three like a traditional does. Okay, so you're able to now, just leave it for, there. For assistance, would I go to a uh, you know a tax person or no? You go to one of our smart investor. No, you go to an investment broker, one of our uh, advisors that we recommend. They don't work for us, but they're called Smart Investor Pros, and they're people in the mutual fund and business, and they'll help you get one open and help you do the back door and uh, run that out. So, but the math works out that if you're going to leave it alone ten plus years, the Roth comes out ahead, and it sounds like you're going to leave it alone that long. Uh, and cause you don't have to touch it at 73 because it's not, there's no RMDs anymore on that. No required minimum distributions, the new secure act. And by the way, that secure act, uh, is there's a big blog on it. The secure 2.0 act. It's a big blog at RamseySolutions.com, And you can read that blog post and learn a lot about it. Did a lot of interesting things to retirement and almost all of it's good. Mm. A few weird things, but uh, we got it. We have a really good thorough article on that, but, um, but so, and what's a backdoor Roth IRA? So this is a great tool when you want to maximize your wealth and the traditional IRA has income limits. And so if you are at a point where you've maxed out a lot of these retirement tax advantaged accounts, you can open up a traditional IRA, you can max that out, and then you convert those funds to Roth, meaning you pay the taxes at that point, but then you never pay them again. Yeah. So actually you, you open an after tax after tax traditional Roth and IRA. instantaneously roll it to a Roth IRA. I do one every year, um, and I'm I'll be 63 this year, so I keep doing them. And uh, for those that go, well, when do I do this in the process? Only do this once you're kind of at baby step seven. Yeah, with yeah. a paid for house. If you've got a big tax implication, I'd rather see those funds used to pay off your mortgage versus yeah. convert the funds. If your household income's over 200,000, you don't qualify for Roth IRA anymore. And so the only way you can get a Roth IRA is open an after-tax traditional and roll it to a Roth. And uh, it's actually a, a weird little loophole in the law, and they've never figured out a way to close it. So They threatened it. it. There was some threats, and people got uh, spooked, but they haven't done anything. Yeah, that, uh, don't, it won't matter. It's completely it, won't, it won't go back and undo the ones we've already done. It just won't be able to do it going forward if they ever stop it up. But for now, that loophole is there, and that works for those of you making more than 200000 If you're at the point that you – want to put more into retirement and george said normally that's a baby step seven that you're trying to get there and do that so i do anything i can do to keep the government's hands off of money because if you haven't noticed they're stupid they're stupid and we don't want to give the stupid people money so anything that's legal keep their hands off of it because i don't want to give stupid people money they're stupid well, is, is it tax great time? Spending. Is my tax time passive aggressive nature? I mean, gr- aggressive aggressive nature coming out. Dave gets grouchy every I April. I don't have a passive aggressive nature. I'm aggressive aggressive. Oh, you're like Punxsutawney Dave. Six more weeks of grouchiness they're until tax season's stupid. over. This is the Ramsey Show.
George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Kevin and Sherry are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? How are you? Welcome. Where do y'all live? We're out of Denver, Colorado. <laughs> Denver. Yes. Welcome to Nashville. Thank you, sir. And how much debt have you guys paid off? Uh, I was a little over 98000 in uh, about 22 months. Wow. And your range of income during that two years? Uh, we're about 155 to about 210 Wow, good for you. What do y'all do for a living? Um, I'm in the uh, IT networking space. I work for a uh, large uh, investment and banking firm. Cool. And I worked for Hobby Lobby during that time. Oh, great. Yep. Very good. Good <laughs> for you guys. Well, well done. What kind of debt was the 98000 Uh Just as you say, everything uh, kind of normal. Some credit card debt, a couple vehicles, uh, home improvement stuff that uh, we obviously didn't pay for in cash. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, normal stuff. There you go. You were normal. <laughs> yeah. And how long y'all been married? Uh, 23 years. Yeah. So oh. after 23 years of marriage, after 21 years of marriage, you're sitting here with normal amounts of debt. What was the wake-up call? How'd you get oh. onto this Ramsey stuff? Go ahead. So actually, I wanted to do this way back about probably 20 years ago when we kind of, our kids were first born. And Come on, Kevin. <laughs> and slow, uh, slow learner. We, um, I actually had, had a friend introduce me to Financial Peace University and she actually shared her CDs with me, let me listen to it. I was like, let's do this. I bought envelopes. I started it. And every time he would be like, oh, he'd go spend money. I'm like, that's not in the budget. What are you doing? And he would, I don't know. I don't want to do this. So we actually went through some marital issues and that really kind of yeah. got us some, got us going. So yeah. Yeah, I'll let him finish the rest. Yeah, so we went through <laughs> those problems and she had even moved moved out of the house and, you know, pretty, pretty rough times. and. Wow. As we uh, started working on that and all the other, you know, other problems we had, this was, you know, finances was one of them, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, I was I was on board, right? We uh, got to get got to get our marriage right, so uh, we we did that, and it's been uh, full bore ever since. Good for you. Thank you. That's incredible. Yeah, you, you said uh, it's wh- whatever. I got it. We, whatever it takes yeah. to do the marriage right yep. and being on the same page on the money is one of the elements. Yep. And I want to put this together and I'm going to sacrifice my uh, my pride yep. and go do that. I, I was I Good mean, for you. That's it, right? Is Good the for you. Very, well, it's all of us. I mean, yeah. we're all do that. Yeah. Good for you, so, though. I mean, yeah. that, that's really manning up. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. Very cool. I was hollering at you a minute ago. But I'm <laughs> so what did this financial transformation look like when you said, all right, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. What's next? Really, it was him taking over the finances. So I used to do all the bill paying and stuff like that. And so he kind of took it over and he created a budget and then started listening to you guys and was like, okay. Was your mind just blown when you saw him sitting down doing the budget himself? Yes. And then now he usually gets upset with me because he's like, why don't you look at the budget with me? (laughs) I'm like, I don't care. Just tell me what I have. Tables have turned. Wow. This is a complete turn. (laughs) I I finally applied the uh, engineering uh, job, you know, thinking in mind to, to that. And now I probably overdo it. I'm, I'm in my budget sheet daily so <laughs> yeah well i mean it's a formula and yeah. it's a process that works yes and that's what engineering is yep. and so it's a na- it is a natural way for your brain to work yes yep. it does line up with that that's funny and now it's completely turned around and you're like, would you get in here and do the budget yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah and, and it really has helped our marriage a ton yep. just i mean i can't express that enough like yep. i didn't feel like the finances were pro- part of our problem or the main part of our problem but just that communication and working through the finances together 
a really lot of, a lot of marriage counselors use getting a couple on a that are having marriage trouble on a budget because it's not about the budget it's about where your money goes yep. is your dreams it's your values it's yep. your fears yep. and so it's when you're you're agreeing on your life when you're agreeing on your money it's not that the the money problem but the fact that you weren't agreeing on your money is you weren't agreeing on the yeah. other uh, stuff too yep. yes <laughs> and I, I mean we we always knew we were blessed to make what we made and mm-hmm. uh but yeah where where's it going how you know and for us it was we'd end every year and i'd get a bonus and we'd pay off debt and then a few months into the year we'd already start with that so yeah it's, well i don't know who did your marriage counseling but they did a great job you look like a couple of newlyweds <laughs> <laughs> i'm impressed you said 23 years married i was like wow yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean yeah. you look like it's all fresh and new and that's, that's cool for the last couple of years yeah it just kind of feels okay. that way yeah and the 22 months of getting out of debt correlates with the healing yeah uh, of and you moving back in and all that right yeah, yeah. absolutely oh wow yeah. that is powerful guys thank you so we're, we're a, a little piece of the story of an awesome story of, about a marriage being redeemed yep mm. well, walking in here I, I said it to 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 sheree it's uh like uh you know meeting some some friends because i listen to you every day and so it's like oh it's cool to see you guys and and meet you so just us yeah just exactly we devastatingly exactly what you expect (laughs) yeah so oh my goodness so sherry this was a 20-year journey for you it's a little bit newer for kevin was there a thing that the knob turned when you went i listened to the show i read the book i went to financial peace what was the thing for you where you went light bulb on i've got it you mean when I, like before? When Kevin finally got on board 20 years later, <laughs> was there a thing that he connected to where he went, that's it, I, I get it now? I or was it just a rock I, bottom moment of the marriage? I think that was it. I think yeah. it was that. I think that he was not willing to give up and I wasn't willing to give up either, but we just couldn't figure it out. And that was the, that was the thing we needed was to get on board on that. Mm. So it made a big difference for us. Uh, I, I think, you know, we, we had kids very young uh even before we were married and maybe that's where some of the you know things you know started wrong but um of course having our kids wasn't wrong but um you know then looked at it and thought gosh we have so much life ahead of us right and we i want to enjoy the things that we've worked hard to enjoy and have been blessed with and you know that was a big part of it too i want to you had a vision for your life yeah i want to enjoy it with my friend right my best friend my Mm -hmm. wife so that's awesome. And who were your biggest cheerleaders on this journey? I, <laughs> really? We did it. I, yeah. It sounds we, weird. We really did it on our own. Most people in our life were naysayers, kind of like, this is not, why are you, yeah, you know? Yeah. And kind of like, even like, why are you doing that a lot? We got that. Like, yeah. you know, I would say something to someone in my family and they'd be like, I don't know why you're doing that. Like, that's crazy. Like, why? So we kind of just got on board and just made it. it work yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enough trying to get anybody to be positive we'll just move on yeah, yeah. yeah exactly that's good good yep. for y'all thank you how's it feel now that you're free amazing uh, yeah it really is what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is uh i mean dave for me it's a few things right but it, it's um being a a latino man um you know not listening to the narratives that are out there and and uh you know hard work what our parents you know my folks sheree's folks hard work honesty um you know doing what you need to do and that's got us to where we are and so that's the key right that discipline and uh what you teach is is that discipline and and stability so that's that's the key to me 
Yeah, Way to go, you guys. Way to go. Hey, we got the Live and Give bundle for you. That's the Total Money Makeover book. Thank you. The Baby Steps Millionaire's book and a one-year membership to Financial Peace University. Thank Uh, you. You can go through it. You can give it away. Maybe other people are inspired by your overall story and the money part of it. You can help them with by handing them one of those things. Thank you. That's awesome. Good job, man. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. You guys are neat. Thank you. You're fun. Thank you. You're fun. I'm so proud of you. We appreciate very, it. Very, very well done. Kevin and Cherie, Denver, Colorado. 98000 paid off in 22 months, making 155 to 210 Oh, and they saved their marriage. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. <laughs> Three, Three, two, two one. one. We're, We're debt-free. Debt yeah. yeah. This is how it's done. What a journey. It took 23 years to decide to do something for 22 months that set them up Whoa, for freedom. Interesting. I mean, it's just wild when you think about it that way. Are you willing to sacrifice for just this much time, or do you want to suffer for the next decade or two in mediocrity? You get to decide. This is The Ramsey Show. John 8 32 then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free Sojourner Truth said truth is powerful and it prevails is that a person that name that's it weird sounds okay. sounds right I feel like I've heard that before okay what do I know all right uh George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today Ron is with us in Philadelphia hey Ron welcome to the Ramsey show Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Um, well, <clears throat> about coming up on two years now, I came out of a divorce, had to sell the home, moved back in with my parents. Um, it's getting kind of uh, long that uh, finding a home. Uh, I've completed the first three of your baby steps after finding your total money makeover book and reading it front to back. Uh, pretty quick and uh i just want to know if i should just like put everything into the savings for a down payment on a home or or if i should do four five and six like you suggest okay we also suggest baby step 3b in the total money makeover do you remember that uh vaguely off the top of my head is just uh i yeah okay 3b is where you would save up for a down payment you already have the emergency fund. You have no debt. And so you can really focus in for, you know, a few years to save up that down payment. And if you want to invest, you know, we people invest from zero to 15% while doing that. It just depends on how aggressive you want to be in getting that house. So I have about 
40,000 saved for a down payment and I'm just it's it's been 2 years and I'm just trying to start a new life with a new woman in my life and so just get out there and be a family again so I'm Are you renting right now? Like the, no, I I live rent free with my family. So I mean, it's great. It's helping me so much that I can put four to six thousand dollars a month away in savings. It's just how old are you? Like daunting. Like I'm thirty seven. Okay, and what do you make a year? Uh, without overtime, probably seventy. This past year, I made about a hundred. Okay, and you have overtime. forty thousand dollars cash, and you live in your parents' house at thirty seven years old. Yeah. Okay. Go rent an apartment or go buy a house. I don't care uh, which. If you're not ready to get the okay. house, then I'm renting while continuing to save up the down payment. And don't buy a house with the new woman in your life unless you're married to her. Gotcha. Because you're going to get yourself in another mess. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, if you want to wait until you're married and then the two of you go pick out the house, then you would rent an apartment. Does that make sense? Yes. But I think it's going to be great for you, the relationship with her, uh, everything, just to get on out of there. You've done a great job. You've gotten on your feet, and you're feeling um, antsy. You're feeling the need to jump from the nest. And so uh, Uncle Dave's going to push you. Fly and be free. Rachel's with us in St. Louis. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm super excited. I am a homeschool mom of a sophomore daughter, and we are doing the um, Foundation University personal finance class through wow. the Ramsey Network. Very cool. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Awesome class. And we just watched Borrowed Future, George. So oh, thank my you very goodness. much for that. You're getting your Super teacher's impactful. pet today. Love Yay. It. So my daughter is starting her first job at 16, and the personal finance class and the, the joys of compound interest has really caught her attention. And I would like to help her find some type of high yield account that she can start with. Um, and I, I have no idea where to start. And so I was hoping you could maybe make a suggestion for something online that would be safe and appropriate for a 16 year old. Okay. Sorry. Are you wanting her to just save up a pile of cash for her next goal, like a car or college education? Yes, she is actually, we have her college education saved for um, through 529. Um, Because she is going to do a state school and do school smart with scholarships and in-state tuition. And so with that, we are good. So this money would be for probably life after college to start her life. Okay. So she's intrigued with the the compound interest tables and the understanding of Jack and Blake and all that kind of stuff. And she sees that and wants to get that kind of stuff going. Yeah, absolutely. That more than more than I'm trying to save up to buy a car in September. Yes, she 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 wants the compound interest. She wants to be a millionaire. Okay, um, all right, that's fun. Okay, so the uh, let me give you the the truth, and then I'll tell you what to do to scratch her itch. Okay, the truth is nothing she does right now is going to cause that to happen. Okay. The knowledge that she has, if she applies that as she comes out of college starts a family, has an adult household income, and in her 20s begins to apply the baby steps, stays out of debt, builds an emergency fund, and starts 
jacking up that 401k and that Roth IRA, that's what's going to make her a millionaire, probably in her 30s. But it's not really going to be that she puts her Chick-fil-A income working at Chick-fil-A into a something at 17. That's really not what's going to get her there. But I want her to do it anyway. Okay? Okay. So now that we've established this is not going to make her a millionaire, but instead the knowledge is going to make her a millionaire later, then that changes our the pressure of this. Now what we're really doing is not a an investment for the sake of building wealth. We're doing an investment as an object lesson from the homeschool. So okay. she can actually see the practical thing happen that she studied, and that scratches her itch as well. It gets her started. But the truth is she's not going to put enough money in there at this age to become a millionaire unless she's some kind of wonder child or something. You know, she's, <laughs> What you is know. she doing for work? Um, she's working at a local ice rink. Yeah, she's going to so, be a learn to skate, skate guard type yeah. person. Skate guard money doesn't make you a millionaire when you're 17, okay? But it, it will help you start a mutual fund, and you can learn how they work, and you'll be way ahead of the curve which is what happened when you taught her these lessons to start with. She's way ahead of the curve. So just jump online at RamseySolutions.com and click on the SmartVestor Pro in your area. They love teaching teenagers by opening their first mutual fund. And they don't make okay. squat on it. They make $15 on it or something. I mean, it's not because, again, it's not enough money to, to screw with. But it's a great thing because it gets her brain started on this. And then, you know, when she's dating some guy who goes, oh, mutual funds are stupid and I'm going to run up my credit cards. She goes, you're not the one, you know, because we've got this thing laid out. And so what we're doing is the, the same thing. We're, we're extending what you've already done at, with the homeschool lessons from foundations. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, what you really do in high school is not what gets you there. It's the things you learn that you apply as you enter adulthood. And it's creating those habits and that muscle that's going to get her there. And there's a lot of things you can do from short-term savings, a high-yield savings account or money market account. You could do the mutual fund and a taxable brokerage. This is an object lesson. I would do a mutual fund. In a taxable brokerage? Yes. Okay. Because there's also custodial Roth IRA, but that's retirement. No, wouldn't do that. I just would open a mutual fund. Just go get Growth Fund of America or whatever. put 100 bucks in it. And just, well, it takes 1,000 to get it open or whatever. But get it open, learn how to read the statements. Learn how to sit at the desk with the investment advisor, SmartVestor Pro. Learn the lingo. Watch the statement. Watch how the share price goes versus what you hear on the news. What you know, and all, have the emotional experience of all of that. But that thousand dollars or that two thousand dollars that goes in there from ice rink guard money is again not going to be the cause mathematically of your wealth. But you're setting the pattern in your life and the knowledge base in your life that is going to cause that. And what a great parent. I know. Absolutely. Man. What great parenting. Rachel, you're a star. You're amazing. Well done. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus.
Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.